You're listening to a Sim Media podcast. Ladies and gentlemen of the rock and roll, punk, prog, hardcore, thrash and heavy metal community, my name is Jason and this is the Great Metal Standoff, the podcast that pits music's greatest albums in track by track combat and it is about time, dear listeners, if we are going to put a Metallica and Megadeth album against each other three times, deep diving into the other half of the big four is well overdue. It wouldn't be an 80s thrash or really just an 80s metal battle in general if Imran and I didn't do this one with our good friend Ben Holt. He's already done four of these. Half of them are 80s metal battles, most recently being Peace of Mind versus Screaming for Vengeance. And Ben joins us, accompanied by his uncontrollable excitement to the fieriest, deepest pits of track-by-track combat. The only place to contain Slayer, Rain in Blood and Anthrax Among the Living. Enough said. Let's go to the rules. Every album battle will be contested in track-by-track format by a podcast panel. Each individual panellist all select a winner of each pairing. The winning track receives a point to that individual's tally score. Tracks on albums that go uncontested can receive a tally point if a panellist awards it a gold star. We'll need that today. Once the battle is over, the album with the highest tally scores will receive one grand point for that album. If a panellist tally score results in a draw, both albums will receive a half grand point each, and finally, the album with the most grand points will be declared the winner. Slayer vs Anthrax, the other metal heavyweights of the Big Four, finally on the standoff. Rain and Blood vs Among the Living. It left Imran and I very curious, but if this era of metal had a head cheerleader, it would be Ben Holt. This will be a journey, folks. Over to Imran and Ben, roll the audio. Benjamin, it's good to see you again because it's five, you've done four of these. This is number five, but this is a fun little milestone for at least the three of us in the studio because, Imran, you haven't met Ben in person, and we've both known him for about the same amount of time, about two years. Yeah. Done a couple of podcasts with him, and uh, but here we are. It's nice to remove a blemish from the record there. Yeah, it's interesting. You're a lot taller than I expected. Oh, a lot taller? Yeah. Oh, that's a compliment because I normally slouch too much. But, yeah, I'm like six one. Uh, yeah, I, which well, is somewhat. I think in in wrestling that was meant to be like the bare minimum height you could be. That's about if right, you wanted yeah. to be taken <laughs> seriously. But yeah, it's uh, nice. it, it's it's not bad. But uh, are you taller than me? I didn't. We didn't even uh, measure. I'm not six one. So. Okay. It doesn't yeah. matter. That's no competition. Yeah. I don't have hair like that. See, I wish, I always wish I could grow long hair like both of you guys, and it just turns into a crazy afro, so I just ditched I, the idea. You've got to rock the afro, dude. Yeah. yeah. Maybe when we do. met Ben Imran, it was only via Zoom. This is around about the pandemic time, so we're only doing radio via Zoom just as a little bit of inside baseball for the listeners. Uh, and Ben, you had the afro at the time, and I did think you rocked it. Okay. Mm. Maybe give it another shot. Yeah, yeah. maybe on camera it was... Better than in person, but who knows? Um, maybe we can do another one in a year's time, and I won't cut my hair from now till then, and we can all <laughs> see, see, we'll, see, we'll, see what we, we think. Exactly. Lock it in. i got to bring this up again. I love the irony, too, Imran. Ben and I did do a studio uh, podcast a year ago, and the first thing he said to me was, you're a lot taller than I anticipated. I'm 6'2". <laughs> that is so true. I remember saying that to Jason, actually. It's, yeah. it's on the record, too. Yeah. Exodus v. Annihilator. It is on the record. Uh, yeah. but this one, it's Slayer v. Anthrax. And uh, we, we've we done three battles of Metallica versus Megadeth, as I said in the intro there. And uh, Imran, we needed, to, we needed to fill the rest of it up. Yeah. These are the, the other two of the big four. 
the news broke earlier today, and I don't want to get too off topic, but I was excited to see the Knotfest lineup and to see that Megadeth is on it. Okay, that's exciting. Yeah, I Pretty saw cool. That. Pretty I saw cool. that today. So it'll be. It's been a long time since I've seen uh, Dave Mustaine. So it'll be yeah. good to see the boys again. I'm still yet to hear the the new release. Only listened to the first single. Uh, what was that one? It was We'll Be Back. Only listened yeah. to that so far. And I think uh, Dogs of Chernobyl I gave a shot, but I don't have really an, any opinion on that because I didn't listen to that song enough. Uh, well, yeah, well, let's use this as a bit of a catch-up. We're going to use this as a little bit of a catch-up as well. We haven't actually seen Ben in a while, and uh, it's the first time in person Imran's ever met him, so we're just going to talk a little bit. We'll get to Slayer and Anthrax in a second. What is your thoughts on uh, Sick and the Dying, the Dead right now, Ben? Have you had a chance to listen oh, to all I of that? I have, unfortunately, not had a chance to listen to it. Okay. Um, for me, that's insane, because normally every Megadeth album, day one, I'm on it. Yeah. Um, with that said, though, the Kiko, the newest guitarist who played on the other album, amazing player. Yeah. Um, we do have James Lomenzo on the bass, who I met uh, back in the day at nice. Billy Hyde Blackburn, because he was there doing a bass clinic. I met, um, what's his name there? Sean Drover? No. No. Uh, the original Megadeth guitarist. Oh. Uh, Marty Friedman. Oh, yeah. I met oh, him well, there. there was Chris Poland before Chris Poland's him. the original. But uh, Marty Friedman's the, like the other the, original. The, the, yeah. the, the, the yeah. key. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Oh, that is... Yeah. Yeah, Marty Friedman's one of the best ever. Yeah, so no, yeah. unfortunately, I haven't heard the, the new Megadeth album. But um, yeah, I have found uh, I've created a really bad monster. I got into so many bands that now it's like every Friday there's a new album out. And I just don't get to them like I used to. Uh, yeah. So then it just piles up, and then it's such a Ben thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then eight yeah. months later, I'm like, oh, I finally heard the new Megadeth album, guys. Oh, are you just <laughs> listening to that? Like, come on. I anyway. haven't had a chance either myself. But yeah. what, what has actually been on heavy rotation for you in, in terms of music? Well, last, it doesn't have to be metal. Uh, what's been a frequent uh, listen for you right now? Last time you and I hung out, we did Exodus Annihilator. I was on an Annihilator binge, and a year later, I still haven't got off it. I still just listen to them religiously, like all the time. Along with, uh, I still love. My sugar, yep. um, love my Van Halen, and love my synth pop. Uh, nice. that, that is just me. It's my go-to all the time. So hell yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, there's a new Slipknot album out. I would be curious to try it. Apparently, it's I very experimental that. and stuff. So be good to try all this stuff out. So yeah, yeah. exciting times. Oh, and the new Fallujah I, I have had on repeat. That album is amazing. So hopefully they come out too. A Ben recommendation uh, that he gave to me years ago that I finally came around to was a Jacob Zytecki, because you bigged up during the pandemic, uh, yeah, his yeah, live performance yeah. in uh, 2020, and I finally gave that a listen. Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, excellent. Good album. Um, not just because it's so beautifully composed, but the mix on it. It just has such oh, an incredible pristine. sound mix, and Jacob actually mixed it himself, uh, and he just released a new song not that long ago, So, and it's still killer. So that, uh, was, that one was a lot heavier, wasn't it? It was, yeah, yes, I yes, yes. To but that. still that had exciting. those awesome visuals. So if you have not listened to Jacob Zytecki, Live 2020, to me it was my soundtrack of the pandemic. Um, in the middle of all the chaos going on, it was like really good to just ease your mind and listen to that. So that's a good takeaway, if nothing else, from that, today. And now I'm a Royal Blood fan too. Oh, yes, okay. I've never seen those guys oh, before. Royal Blood. I need yeah. to, I've been meaning to check them out for so long. Yeah, that, that's another one. Ben wouldn't stop talking about it when we first were speaking with him week to week. So eventually it, 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 I came around it, it to it. It just excites uh, me, though, that like I'll say these things and figure out I've said them. And then two years later, Jason's <laughs> yeah. like, hey, remember two years ago when you said that? I went, did I? Uh, no, no, no. That is 
Absolutely awesome. So yeah. beautiful. Now, if I could recommend Royal Blood to you, Imran, some, songs like, uh, I guess, Little Monster, Lights Out, and the new stuff, Typhoons, that's a bit more, you know, funk, a bit of party. And then you heard the Typhoons record? I have not heard the Typhoons record. Typhoons no. is not so bad. Yeah. But, uh, I think beautiful. your way to go Your way to go is probably the first one. Start from the start and uh, work your way up. Yeah. Royal yeah. Blood are the guys, it's one bassist and a drummer, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, and they did a saboteur on the blacklist to weave it back to the big four because again, this we just wanted to catch up. We genuinely have not seen each other in a very long time. So there you go. There's our, our update for you. Slavey Anthrax. When we pitched it, Ben, you helped us pitch it because I've looked at my list of battles that I wrote three years ago when I conceptualized the standoff. Rain and Blood was up against a Venom record at one point. It was up against uh, what? What else was it up against? I remember Venom being one of the main ones. Welcome yeah. to Hell v Rain and Blood. But eventually we're like, well, we did the Reese's Pieces with Matthew last time round. It brought up Slavey Anthrax. I think it's about time. You helped us pitch it. What 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 made you pick Among the Living? Uh, what made me pick Among the Living versus Rain and Blood is these were two of the first ever thrash albums I purchased. So I purchased oh. Rudd Lightning along with a copy of Peace Cells by Megadeth, along with Rain and Blood, and Anthrax Among the Living. How did I come come about all these? I actually had a metal hammer that was just a thrash metal edition, and they ranked the top 50 thrash albums of all time. So those four albums I mentioned were in the top 10 list. Um, and, oh, man, this was my gateway to both those bands. And I ended up buying back before streaming was a big thing. Um, I just feel like I'm sounding old now. Uh, I, bought, I bought all the CDs and uh, just listened to it all religiously. Um, but I, I think both these bands' strengths are uh, for very different reasons. I still do firmly believe to this day that Anthrax don't quite get the appreciation they deserve. Like, to be in the big four is an amazing achievement, but there's always these jokes on the internet that they, they don't deserve to be there, and I just think that's not, that's unfair, in my opinion. Like, they made an amazing contribution. So, with this album, I look forward to diving in with you guys to it, along with, uh, in my opinion, the best Slayer album ever. Now's the time to make your big case because Imran, Anthrax is a blind spot for both of us. Yeah. Really? Before this podcast, I've never listened to Anthrax before. Wow. Yeah, uh, like ever. That actually it, it sounds a shock face, I, listeners. I, I, yeah. uh, Jason, had you listened to Anthrax a full record before this? No, but what I did try yeah. and do, I, I wish I did it with Slayer because the only Slayer I consumed was Angel of Death and Rain and Raining Blood. But uh, with Anthrax, it was nothing. Gave Among the Living a shot, but I tried uh, spreading the disease. And what's the first one called again? Uh, the first Fist- one is called uh, Fistful, Fistful of Metal. Metal. Yes. Listen to that as yep. well. So I tried to get a little bit of extra context with Anthrax because I was significantly less familiar with that. Spreading the disease was a fun listen, by the oh, way. Oh, amazing. i tell you that. Um, uh, Joey Belladonna is the lead singer during these albums. Yeah. And um, he actually mimics, especially on Spreading the Disease, quite a bit of um, Steve Perry's vocal uh, harmonies and like channel and stuff. So on that album, he sounds a lot like Journey, which I love. Uh, whereas <laughs> oh, yeah. this album, he be- gets a little bit more gritty. He still sounds awesome, I think, but his voice isn't quite at the centerfold as it normally is. Um, to me, Anthrax have really catchy vocal sec- sections. I reckon just really fun riffs, and I always love their backup gang vocals, and the bass playing is always fun. It's always happening. There's something going on. To me, Anthrax are just a good time. Yeah. Um, that's what I love about the guys. But my favorite Anthrax record, um, before we go any further, is actually Sound of White Noise, um, but that would not that, we'd more compare that album to a grunge album than a, oh, than okay. a traditional oh. thrash metal album. Interesting. That was the- uh, Did they go through like a 90s thing like Metallica and Megadeth? Jo- yep. So Joey got kicked out um, after their fifth album, Persistence of Time, 
And uh, not long after that, they got John Bush, who was originally an Armoured Saint. But John Bush is also incredibly famous for turning down Metallica to be their lead singer on Ride the Lightning. Ah. So instead, um, years later, he ended up uh, joining Anthrax and they did, a, in my opinion, one of the best albums ever. But to me, Among the Living is the fan favourite. Uh, and I felt like it was a similar time frame and definitely the best combination to fight against the the Slayer album. Yeah. yeah. I I was very surprised at the Anthrax album. I I mean, I feel like I shouldn't have been because being part of a big the big four, like you have to be freaking heavy, right? And like straight from the first song I was like, Whoa, these guys are like sick. Um putting them up against Slayer. Uh, this is going to be interesting because me and Slayer, we we go way back. We, we don't go as far back as like <laughs> yeah. Metallica, for example. Metallica. Or System of a Down, I guess. Uh, yeah, hmm. exactly. Um, no, Slayer. I got into Slayer more like you know after after I was very familiar with Metallica and I kind of delved into Megadeth because you know ah oh, the lead singer of Megadeth was in was in Metallica. Yeah, yeah, you know, classic, Ooh, yeah, it's crazy. And then and then I hear there's a big four, and I hear about this band named Slayer, and I'm like, damn, they sound cool and I I remember hearing like Rain and Blood ages ago, and I I think it might have been from like a South Park episode or like Guitar Hero or something. But I remember listening to it and thinking, "Whoa, like that, whoa, um, nothing tops that." <laughs> yeah. So yeah, kind of went through there. I I haven't done a massive deep dive into Slayer, um, but I've listened to a fair few of the albums, and just yeah, if if I want to just like run around in circles and. Punch the air. I want to. Li- I'm listening to Slayer. That's the impression yeah. you get listening to Slayer, and it you kind of need to turn your brain off and just turn yeah, the aggression just, up. Yeah, turn into a gorilla or something. <laughs> yeah. Exercise the reptilian part of your brain that just wants b b <laughs> shake fist. Yep. <laughs> Slayer. That's the noise, I guess. I always wondered whether that's why the band actually ended early because to replicate Slayer's music night in, night out, that would just take, to me, so much effort. So yeah, especially I'm, if you're getting older and these guys are getting like late 50s, 60s, yeah. oh man, that's a hard even, task. Um, Tom Araya, even in their, their last album, Repentless, he sounds amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I'm surprised he lasted that long oh, and unreal. still sounds absolutely fantastic. Yeah, so good. Uh, yeah. And I did love, um, well, obviously it was a sad circumstance, but to get Gary Holt, who I think is one of the best guitarists ever. Yeah. Oh, sorry, in thrash metal, um, from Exodus, to get him with Slayer. It's a shame it was happened in the circumstances that it did, but pretty killer. Uh, I got to see him live with him and oof, uh, Slayer sounded I wish I, Did you awesome. see him at Download? I saw, so- yeah, I saw them at Download and I saw them at Two Sound Waves and a festival Ooh. hall. So I got lucky enough. I've seen him a few times. Yeah, uh, Anthrax I've seen twice. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So How many they, times did he run? Uh, I, was, I wanted to see him at Download so bad, and I missed out on tickets, man. And oh. then oh, no. one, one of my friends was telling me about how he snuck into Download by, like, printing a fake ticket and everything, and he got to see We Slayer, don't endorse this. It's we don't. No, no, we don't at all. But I was so jealous of him after he told me that, because he saw Slayer. Oh, you rapscallion. Uh, ah. Yeah. What was, your, what was your first impressions discovering Slayer, Ben? I'm interested now. Uh, yeah, so it's awesome that we're doing this chat in the city. Um, I happen to be in the city. I went, oh, like I went to Elizabeth Street probably, oh my gosh, this would have been 2008, 2009, and I went to the JB, I bought Rain and Blood, and went, yes, it's only 10 bucks. <laughs> that was the money yeah. out on me. And uh, yeah, I remember going home, putting it in the CD player, and heard the first track, and when the, the double kick drums started after the main riff, I went, whoa. 
this might actually be like a bit too intense for me. That was my <laughs> first thought that um, I'm not sure I'm going to like this. Uh, I cannot imagine that with you, Ben. And, oh, I know. It yeah. was crazy. But that, that's the period I was at because it was, you know, Judas Priest and a bit of Megadeth before it. Um, but then it was almost the sense of shock that kept me returning to it to go, I kind of love this. Like, the, uh, I'm not sure this is for me, but it keeps bringing me back. And over time, it created an absolute monster. Uh, and then got into harsh vocals and everything in between. But yeah, I think Slayer, for to get into extreme music, I think they're like the best gateway band you can find. Um, super talented guys, yeah. Just awesome Definitely. stuff. What a battle we got lined up for. There's only one thing left to do. And whoa, Timekeeper, right into it, jeez. <laughs> Good on you, Timekeeper. He, he wants us to get started, my God. Angel of Death versus Among the Living, let's go. Angel of Death. Undeniable start. Among the living, good start, Ben. We start with our guests, as always. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Um, wow. What an amazing opening two tracks to go head-to-head. Uh, I truly do believe Angel of Death is one of the best metal songs ever made. If I was to do a list, it might be in my top ten. It gets every single thing right. It has absolute ferocious speed, power, grit, aggression, and to me, it's got one of the best mid-paced thrash metal riffs ever that comes in midway through the song, uh, and then you get the uh, the classic ride cymbal part, which every death metal band's ripped off since. Uh, I just think this song is such an awesome statement, but with uh, Among the Living, I think it is, uh, I'm kind of glad you guys have never really properly listened to Anthrax. I think that is the perfect introduction song. Oh, it's so uh, Oh, it's great, to who Anthrax are. Super catchy, super fun, but man, it is against one of the best metal songs ever, in my opinion. So early on, uh, I've got to go with Slayer on this one. Yeah. Um, I really liked Among the Living. The, like As the first ever Anthrax song that I've ever listened to, right right from the droney intro, I was like, whoa, this is cool. And it goes into this like Metallica-style groove. I was like, nice, that's like such a cool riff. I like that bridge riff as well that comes in. And then all of a sudden, it's just thrashed. And I'm like, yeah. This is what I came here for. Um, I wasn't expecting um, the singing to be melodic, to be honest. Because, uh, I mean, Megadeth kind of delve into that a bit and Metallica do as well. Um, Slayer, absolutely not. Um, but yeah, it's like you kind of get a bit of like Bruce Dickinson in um, in his vocals, like the passion and the and the ferocity. Maybe not so much the, the technicality and stuff, but just the, the sheer passion and the... You you just want to you want to scream with him. I like how um, it switches from the fast part then back to the that opening riff. Speeds up a little bit in the solo as well, which is really cool. Um, the double bass kicks as well in this song. Um, big shout out to that, insane. Um, Angel of Death. Is anyone willing to to do an impression of the Tom Araya scream at the no. start? Okay, because uh, I'm I'm not. But uh, I, I mean, absolutely, I, I can do it. I just think it's gonna like wreck the listeners ears <laughs> yeah let's let's save their hearing i i, I agree I absolutely agree. amazing go listen to the song if you it's want to hear like the scream the greatest scream of all time oh, god damn um incredibly iconic no yeah doubt. comes out of nowhere it, oh it's it's just beautiful uh, right on the the opening track you've got this really fast-paced rift and then the drums are coming in the bass is coming in and then all of a sudden bang i'm not doing the scream but yeah, like you said, Ben, that, that middle rift, immaculate. Mm. Bridge riff, right? 
I don't know whether that was a Jeff riff or a Kerry King riff, but oh my gosh, that is it, one of the best riffs. How, just it how it comes in, it, it, like from this crazy speed and somehow we get a quick pause of silence and then that riff comes in and you're going, oh, okay, like this, this sounds good. But then when the drums and the bass kick in with it, it yeah. is just <laughs> grooving. It's got yeah. such a crunch to it. I, uh, it it's still... Gets me every time I hear it. Every single yeah. time. I, I'd honestly say probably the greatest riff on the album is that that little bit right there. Um, and then we get to the solos, Imran. Oh, the solos. My favorite part. <laughs> it sounds like Jeff and Kerry are, well, they're probably trying to outdo one another because one, one ear gets one solo, the other gear gets another gets another yeah but well, it's, oh, it's like run, a, here we go. it's a dual guitar solo right? yes this, off. this little section right here is a masterpiece of shredding if you want like a a master class on on shredding listen to the solo of this it's just insane you've got master hard class yeah hard hard whammy bar action it, this these are like scales that like mozart and beethoven would never even dream of playing <laughs> Like you, you know those funny, funny little runs that they do up and down the piano. Does not compare to Kerry King. It's insane. Let's just all go Angel of Death. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm definitely taking Angel of Death. Him run, you are too. I bet, I'm not going to deny Among the Living. That'll that's probably one of my favorites to start off. Anthrax. That's a great introduction. Mm. It's it's up there with the. Up there with the Spreading the Disease opening track. I've got the name right now. Ben, do you remember what it is? Uh, AIR. AIR, yeah, that, yeah that's, so that's, that's the one. Yeah, that's a brilliant track. The, I think Fistful of Metal, Spreading the Disease, and Among the Living all have really good starters. So oh, yeah. That yeah. cannot be denied. No, but no, when no, you're no. going up against Angel of Death, you're, you're handicapped. Well, beginning. yeah, I mean, Angel of Death is the best song Slayer's ever written, in my opinion. Um, Ooh, bold statement. Now. Oh, damn. Yeah. Bold um, statement. But they have so many good songs. Like, it'd be, it'd be a fun list to put together, but... Um, it's essential listening, in my opinion. Let's move down that list. Piece by piece versus Court Namosh. What do we got? Okay, so um, now we get into my argument where uh, I believe that Rain and Blood is an experience through listening to the album in full. I think all the songs complement each other incredibly well, but if we are just to pull some of these random fast-paced two-minute tracks out of nowhere and listen to them on their own, like if they came on shuffle back in the old days on an iPod when we had all our different music together, I feel like it would be losing a little bit of momentum. Like it's still crazy fast, but don't you agree? You a very good point. These tracks interlock so well that all of a sudden now we're kind of shifting the momentum to Anthrax in my opinion because Court in a Mosh is one of the best thrash songs ever. Could we see the, the trend going on here, boys? What do we say, Imran? Uh, one of the best. I haven't listened to it enough times to agree with that. But <laughs> I, I did really like that song, Caught in a Mosh. Uh, firstly, um, that it starts off with kind of a, a nothing riff, really. You're like, well, well wait. That wait. opening riff... Is this? I, I'm pretty sure is the same chord as "Killing in the Name." The opening. Oh, the maybe. Yeah, yeah. Wow. There you go. Never even thought of that. Yeah. I just liked it as the stadium rock kind of feel that it, would, it gave you to yeah. start. That's what oh, I took yeah, away yeah, from that. Yeah, it's a perfect riff to start, and then Frank Bellow comes in with this. I mean, once you heard that bass line, you're like, okay, we get, we get, we're going somewhere quick yeah. with this. Um, and then that's one of the uh, the most cool Anthrax guitar lines, in my opinion. And if you've never seen them live. All the circle pit is just going once that that kicks off. Um, And then, yeah, really uh, quick thrash madness. Um, Again, I love the backup vocals from Scott Ian and uh, Frank Bellow, um, which, yeah, there's so many great backup vocals on this album, which I just love. But uh, 
man, this track is just too good, in my opinion. Uh, it's It would be on every uh, Best of Anthrax compilation. And again, another great, what do Anthrax sound like? This song. There's another track later on the album that I think is essential too, but we'll get to that. What do you got for Piece by Piece, Imran? Piece by Piece. I like the piratey style intro. It's very, like the rhythm of it kind of just reminds me of just... Sailors on a boat. Oh my gosh! Wow! Yes! Yes! Yeah, very, very European metal fest. That isn't it? Yeah. Very cool. I'm looking. I'm just want to learn here. What did you take away from the drums in that intro, piece by piece? Um, the like the the ride and stuff. Yeah, the ride. That's it. There was a lot of use of the ride. Yeah, that that's that's what gives it the piratey feel to me. I feel like that bell sounding kind of thing just gives it that extra like I'm I'm on the seas and I'm. You know, doing doing pirate things, um, and then all of a sudden that it comes in Slayer style, very big sound. Love the the I, I think the open hi hat is a key key Slayer sound to me because it gives it that extra big sound when they're doing their fast thrash stuff. The I like the the black metal style chords that come in as the through the thrash stuff. So marginalistic um, the, terror. Yeah. The, bam, 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 yeah. All of that stuff. Um, short and sweet. It's it's all right. Um, Caught in a mosh. I'm probably going to have to pick Caught in a mosh by default because it's it's a great song. Um, I I love the bass as you said. Um, the riff is great. The chorus is very catchy. Um, it almost kind of gives me like this like alternative punky kind of feel. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, the band grew up loving punk. So you, we we do hear uh, it in there. Yeah, sound you can definitely tell. That's yeah, got to be where through. the gang vocal. Yeah, correct. Comes Absolutely, from. it is. Yep, yep, yep. Definitely. Yeah. Throughout the album, I was thinking like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of punk influence in this. Um, yeah, I like the build up before the really thrashy solo as well, and that big scream. Uh, it's great. Um, piece by piece is great, but yeah, gonna have to be caught in a mosh. I'll need to listen to caught in a mosh a few more times before I can pick it piece by piece for me. Fair. Oh, look, awesome. Oh, both, both tracks are just awesome. Like, there's, there's not a yeah. bad track between this, both these albums, in my opinion. Everything's awesome. But yeah, we do have to give credit to uh, Dave Lombardo, who does one of the most exciting drum performances on a metal record ever in Rain and Blood. Um, oh, man. I, I could yeah. listen to those drums on their own with no bass or guitar, <laughs> and I'd probably still enjoy it a hell of a lot for, for yeah. the 30-minute runtime. All right, uh, so therefore, so I just wanted to quickly confirm with you, Ben, it's Caught in a Mosh. It is Caught in a Mosh. Hands down, no worries at all. Yeah, I'll need a few more listens of Caught in a Mosh. There was bits I liked and there was bits something, okay, a bit bloated here, a bit bloated there, but I think the conciseness of piece by piece was the uh, the thing that got the point for me. Necrophobic versus I Am The Law. I, I Am The Law, it, it seems fine, but I think this is the one I got very stuck on. I, I, I'm a bit sick of it with the amount of times I've tried listening, trying to decipher it a bit. A bit more mid-tempo. <laughs> It's a bit mid-tempo to start. Then it gets like that faster Metallica-style thing as we move along. Uh, what, do you, what have we got here? Yeah, um, I'm the Law kind of suffers from being maybe a little tiresome. It's almost like we could have shortened the track just a little bit. Um, I definitely love it. But at the same time, it reminded me when I first ever got into the Master of Puppets album, and I thought some of those songs were a bit too long and a bit boring, but it's crazy with repeated listens what it does to your mind. Master of Puppets is an awesome album. Uh, but, yeah, I kind of feel that with that song. Um, uh, yeah, maybe it's uh, we go back to that rhythm section a few too many times or maybe a few too many parts of the verse and we could have hurried it up a bit. Um, Necrophobic is just crazy madness as this album uh, certainly lives up to. I'm going to go Necrophobic on this one. Yeah. Um, oh, 
Necrophobic is cool. You just get straight into it right from the get-go. I love I love when Slayer do that. Um, it's yeah, like you said before, it's um, listening to the whole Rain and Blood album in order. It's that's the only way to listen to this album. Really, um, you, you need that full intensity for thirty minutes. But yeah, straight into it. I like Araya, Tom Araya's vocals, just keeping up with that that riff, just absolute shredding. Um, it's kind of like almost this call and response kind of thing, um, where you get the vocals and then you get the riff coming in, then the vocals. Um, the solo, it's another another dueling solo. Um, crazy. No, Necrophobic's a dueler. Yeah. Okay, okay, I didn't know yeah. that. I, I think a few of them are. Um, you kind of get, yeah. I, I feel like you can kind of tell um, the difference, but like wh- once you listen to it enough, you can kind of get like, oh, yeah, this is one guitar solo. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is the other guy. Um yeah, as you as you go on, um, I like the slight breakdown right at the end um, to end the song, just like for a, for a split second. Very cool song. I'm the law. I really like the chorus of this song. Yeah, that um, is a good part of the song. It yeah. is. It's probably the best part it's of the song. Very catchy. Yeah. It's it's been stuck in my head for a little bit. Um, very groovy riff. A lot of chugging. Um, and again, like the fast beat switch is really cool. Um, big big screams as well. I love the big screams in, the, in these Anthrax songs. Um, Jason, where are you going? Uh, my point, I think, might end up going necrophobic just for the reason I think uh, you could make a zombie apocalypse horror film out of necrophobic, especially when they uh, ring out that note and then they go into that drum break. Well, so well it almost is Halloween. So. It is nearly Halloween yeah. at the time of recording. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> going to disagree with you a little bit there, Imran. I thought those solos were very slapped on. I think I'm putting you on solo watch, Imran, because a lot of the, I'm starting to understand what the Look, memes are all about when it comes to Kerry King with Jeff Hanneman solos. They're just slapped on and they're just like, It's Slayer. <laughs> you, you can't question it. It's Slayer. <laughs> no, we can question it. We can question it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a really fascinating debate because uh, the guitar solos that I really love, the, the Slayer ones wouldn't fit into what I like, but I kind of think the sheer, like, Almost not slapped on, but just it, it almost it's feels like they've just done chaotic. it impromptu. Yeah, and I think for this album it works really well. But I would take like a Marty Friedman style Rust in Peace solo track like any day of the week over this. But I think in this case with Slayer, it actually works beautifully. It's it's kind of like it's a different style. It's, it's the vibe of what. What's going on around yeah. it? Correct. Yeah, Definitely. exactly. And I think they they captured that you, chaos really yeah, well. You can't yeah. really imagine melodic soloing over over a riff like necrophobic, it, can you? It, not on necrophobic, it, admittedly, but it, yeah. maybe maybe get rid of the solo entirely because they the riffs are undeniable. The they are, but. It was okay. the 80s and it was thrash metal. Yeah, <laughs> There's no such thing without the guitar solos in the Credit 80s. Credit where it's they due, had, They had whammy bars, you know? Credit what, where what it's due, the whammies and all those bends <laughs> towards the end of that. That that fit. That fit for me. Necrophobic's getting my, the point for me. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm the law. It, the chorus makes me come back to it, but I don't remember too much coming out of it. And... Uh, yeah, I guess I think it. It, it sounds real. It sounds like I'm such a wanker when I go. Oh, the mid tempo ness lets it down. It's not as fast, but I, I maybe it is a thing. But then again, when we did Exodus, uh, the third track of Exodus was a bit more mid tempo. Oh and yeah. I enjoyed it. Oh, greatly. that was when he. Oh, what a riff on that song though. True. Oh yeah, my point will go necrophobic. What are you doing, Ben? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go necrophobic on this one as well. 
Uh, to heck with it. I'll go necrophobic. Damn, Imran. Here we go. Slayer making up some ground. Yeah, Yeah, 3-0 for myself. Ben 2-1. Imran 2-1. Slayer clean sweep thus far. Okay. Altar of Sacrifice versus NFL Evil Necrofessin. Great (laughs) delivery, by the way. Oh, yeah. Nailed it. This... Oh, uh, wow. I enjoyed this one. I'm not going to lie there. Uh, This is a bit of a tough one. Who wants to break this one down? Um... I did learn the... Actually, I wrote in my notes here, Ben. It's funny. I learned the pronunciation from the vocal delivery, and I enjoyed the delivery greatly. <laughs> there you go. I, I didn't even realize he was saying that during the part. It was just going so fast. I'm just like, NFL. No, 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 no. NFL. Yeah. I I wasn't. I had to like read it really closely. But yeah. It's just, just again, it's just so much fun. It is a very fun album is just so fun. Like these... Gang vocals that you can clearly... Like, I love Scott Ian's backup. is like a, a lead. It just cracks me up. There's a few other guys yelling, but you can hear Scott Ian in the front there. Um, awesome right. rhythm guitar player. But uh, yeah, I mean, great riffs in this song. Huge chorus. Um, some really great singing by Joey on this track, actually. Some really nice, high, long, sustained notes. Yeah. And this this track just riffs. Really like the solo section. Um, we should also say, too, Charlie Benanti uh, plays on this album mm. with Anthrax, who many people might have seen his name recently. Pantera. He is drumming for Pantera. Yeah. 2023. Um, replacing, uh, well, no one can replace We're not replacing Vinnie, but Vinnie Paul, in. but he's filling in for Vinnie Paul in tribute. Um, so so that would be pretty cool to see him playing with uh, what, Zach Wilde and... Uh, Phil Anselmo and all those guys. Yeah, Mr. So. Philip. We actually had a chat about that on one of the standoffs we did about Pantera, Imran and I, and uh, he at that point he wouldn't have been very familiar with Charlie Benante. What are you, what are you thinking now? Oh, yeah. Now we're getting a taste of him. I really did like the drumming on this Anthrax album. Um, I I think he could uh, pull it off because some of that double bass work and some of those, like especially those drum fills that he does as well, the snare rolls and stuff, crazy crash cymbals and stuff. I think he could pull it off. Yeah, the one good thing is if you like the drum work, he plays on every Anthrax album. So at least you know going into any Anthrax record, you've got to always have those awesome drum beats. So, yeah. Yeah, pretty so, good stuff. So good impression thus far with Charlie Benante I'd say so. Uh, break down the solo for me because it didn't. It had a bit of a strange tone to it in my my ear, but maybe I'm going a bit silly. What did you take away from that one? Um, not much to be honest. I it didn't particularly stand out to me. I I liked this song because it was very fun and straightforward. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I liked the the little bridge part that they had. Right, like they had this little like tribal drumming, and then this bridge thing comes in. Um, and there's like the bass is kind of like doing its own thing in the background while this riff's playing. I really like that. It's kind of like doing this octave thing. Um, that kind of stood out to me a lot, the bass um, in this song. Um, it's, this song is just more of a fun, straightforward, like it's almost like a punk song. Um, just sure. straight up. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned like you, you like the drums and the bass because Frank Bellow is actually the cousin of Charlie. Really? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, nice. Yeah, they, they the must, yeah, yeah, must, yeah. must. Very cool. It bugs me, though, because I want to take NFL, but uh, it's tough to go against Altar of Sacrifice. Uh, I'm struggling at the moment as well, Jason. Run me, run me, me through your thoughts on Altar of Sacrifice, Jason. Enter the realm of Satan. Oh, How cool would that sound? Yeah, that is yeah. just so, oh my gosh. 
It's yeah. so, so the fir- deadly. The that, first that song. half was okay. We've heard this for the first three songs. That's fine. But then it hit that second half, and boy, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's oh, why yeah. I think Altar of Sacrifice is quite undeniable for me, and I can't look past it. Yeah. Do I want to go against it? Maybe. But what do we got to say on Altar of Sacrifice? Because that's my favorite part. The second half. In just the, in yeah, general, it, turn, the it turns into another and the beast. Dive bombs. It's a bit. Yeah, mm. you're right. It's a beast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, this is the perfect soundtrack for those who want to play the game Doom. Um, yeah, <laughs> you, you listen to this random blood album. It just matches it perfectly. But uh, oh yeah, again, just another great track. But the, the Slayer song coming up after is one of my favorites on the record. So I'm keen for that one too. Are you gonna, uh, yeah. you gonna go Slayer or Anthrax? I'm though? going Anthrax on this one. You know what? I might do it. I, I All enjoyed right. the, up to you. I enjoyed the straightforwardness of uh, NFL. I probably will be seeking that one out again a little bit more yeah, once we're excellent, done. Excellent, so I'm going to join excellent you track. there, Benny. And uh, that's the first Anthrax point for me. And uh, now you've tied it up 2-2. Two, two. Imran, what are you doing? Oh, boy. Give um, us actually a bit more of a breakdown. What do you take away from Altar of Sacrifice? Give me, give me a song breakdown. Very oddly catchy riff right at the start. Um, like that that really fast riff. Very, very catchy. Um but yeah, um, fast-paced. Um, I, I liked the solo in this, um, genuinely. That was some cool stuff. And then, then you know, you get to that, enter the realm of Satan, like the, you know, I, I like the fade into the big whammy dive bombs and stuff. Kind of sounds like, you know, screams of the damned and stuff, like that kind of stuff. I like that description. Feels like you've got, you know, oh, yeah. flames just burst right in when that breakdown comes in. Um uh, yeah, I'm going to pick Slayer for this one. It really just was lightning in a bottle, that album, because I've listened to so many bands that have tried to copy this kind of an experience, and it always just comes across either like that bit too forced or a bit too silly, but this is just such an evil album. It really and, uh, is. And it's just amazing. Like All these years later, 1986... We got to say the production on this album. I still think it holds up incredibly well. Oh, even... I got reservations on the production. Oh, oh yeah, no. you're not sure about the production. I'm a big. I think the bass could have been a little bit louder. Other than that, fantastic. yeah, it's hard to hear Raya. Yeah, on his bass. That is true. I, I that's always been a bit of a problem of Slayer mixing. I've noticed um, he's always a little bit too low. But yeah, that's yeah. a fair point. I, it'd be. I, I would rather be refined a little bit more. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, I'm. I, I guess you got to make the. It was the '80s. This is what they had to deal with. So look mm. past it for a little bit. And yeah. Imran's description has made me regret not picking the Slayer song, but I'll stick to my guns. <laughs> I, I do. I don't really want to have big asterisks for Jason. It's an asterisk, definitely. Mm. Oh, wow, what a second half! Great description. Mm. <laughs> awesome second half. But, so Ben teased this. Jesus saved is one of your favorites, is it? Yeah, I think this is uh, one of the. Best tracks on the album. It's funny, like the, the the real highlights on this album for me is the opening, the middle, and the end. They somehow are able to like segment this album so perfectly in that <laughs> sense. But yeah, I don't know why. I always just love this track, uh, Jesus Saves. It's got some really, really cool uh, riffs on it. Some interesting rhythm sections. Again, Dave Lombardo just going crazy on the drums. Um, and we're halfway through this album, and we're starting to realize pretty quickly, yeah, I don't think there's going to be any ballads on this album. No. I don't yeah, think no. there's going to be any light guitar, no overly clean singing sections. Oh, you um, wish, buddy. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're, we're in for a, a hell ride, and um, it's not slowing down anytime soon. Instead, it's almost getting better as we go along. It's, it's, it's so awesome. That yep. goes, that is going up against the skeleton in the closet, or uh, I guess you could say battery. No, it's a skeleton in the closet. 
I know the riff sounds like battery. I associated it with it's battery a very, 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 quickly. very common um, uh, riff that gets ripped off battery, I've noticed. I've listened yeah. to a lot of different songs where you're like, wow, that just sounds like battery. It's 1987 Among the Living, isn't yes. it? Yes. Um, so it was, year it was after. after yeah. Well, well we should note that Anthrax, this album is dedicated to Cliff Burton, in case you guys weren't aware. Really? Um, Anthrax yes, were actually opening for Metallica on that tour when Cliff sadly passed away oh. um, in the, the bus accident that we all know about. Yep. Um, again, uh, just the, the amount of amazing albums that came out during this period in metal history is just awesome. So who knows if Cliff kind of helped them bring their A-game for this album. I'm sure, yeah, it was just a combination of multiple things. But um, yeah, Skeletons in the Closet, I, again, it's kind of, yeah, the arrangement you could argue is quite simple, but at the same time, they play it with such precision and speed and it's incredibly well sung, but it's catchy. Uh, and Anthrax just get away with it. They're doing what they do best, I reckon. I want to add on to your point of uh, it's well sung. I think some of my favourite moments in Among the Living take place in pre-choruses, and A Skull in a Closet is one of them. Yes, I know I know the exact pre-chorus. Actually, yeah, yeah, agreed. I reckon he's, the pre-chorus stuff's probably better than the, uh, than the, than the chorus se- section. I would say so. Probably because like, the... The gang uh, vocals the, wear thin on me a little while. You know, so you're, not, you're not huge you on them? Bit, you yeah. get a bit more resolve out of those pre-choruses mm, where uh, yeah. Belladonna has a bit of, you know, gives a bit of range and gives a bit of passion into it. But the thing I should mention, when they jump to John Bush, we actually lose those gang vocals. They kind of disappear. They, oh. They're not in many songs. So it is a, And um, John Bush is night and day different. You know, normally yeah, bands get different lead singers and then they sound nothing like... Oh, sorry, they sound incredibly like the previous one. Yeah. This is night and day. So I'm keen sure. for you guys to try a track down the line. But um, agreed. The vocal, vocal performance is awesome. What did you think of the songs? Um, I, I like this song. It was kind of like... not. It, was, it wasn't a filler song, but like I, it was one of those songs that like I'd, I'd listen to it again, but wasn't like super standout on the album. Um, per se. I really like the riffs and stuff. I like how the verse and the riff kind of like interplay within each other. And then they bring in like the they the vocal line and then the solo, the vocal line and the little solo as well. Uh, there's a bit of shredding as well. It's cool. I like um, that little bridge in the middle um, where like the riff kind of gets faster as it goes along. Um, drumming was really good in this. I like the double kicks right at the start. Oh, yeah. So quick. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. I This wasn't particularly a standout song for me. Um, so I think I'm going to have to pick Jesus Saves for this one. First time I ever listened to Rain and Blood in its entirety, and actually for a while after, I will admit, I thought Alter of Sacrifice and Jesus Saves were the same song. Like, they, they just kind of... I, uh, I can say that. Didn't um, Jerry to me that they were two different songs, because both of them right next to each other flow so perfectly. I thought it was just one song. But yeah, what a riff right at the start. So doomy. Um, bit of bit of like nine eight time signature in there as well. It's really cool. Then you've got the manic lyrics, absolutely amazing. Um, I liked the solo in this one as well, Jason. Bit of <laughs> bit of some blues like pinch harmonics in there a little bit. Kind of climbs and falls. You get get a bit of that you know pearly gates uh, before you know falling back to hell, as, as he mentions in the song. Um, yeah, Jesus saves. Um, Good delivery. Thanks. Well, good delivery of the Jesus Saves. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Saves for Imran. It's weird. I've got to disagree with you guys. It had a beginning, middle, and end, and I found the shifts from beginning to middle end a bit jarring, and that's one of the main reasons I'm taking Skeleton in the Closet, because te- oh, uh. tell me a story. Oh, yeah. Tell me a story. Woo-yah. Woo-yah. Yeah, again, just fun. 
Oh, that was one of my favorite. That's my favorite implementations of the gang vocal. Uh, plus, bass break into a solo. Enjoyed mm. that. Oh, yes, that yeah. is an excellent passage. I, I almost really forgot the that. Bass break in yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, super cool. Keep doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that. That was central. And uh, great ending. Great ending. Double kick, bunch of breaks in yep. lead guitar, and yep. then bang. Great yep. ending skeleton. So skeleton in the closet for me, that that was a, a big takeaway for that, me. That was that's, a highlight, that one. Yeah. That was a highlight yeah, for me. You know, you know, Jason has um, just, yeah, really, really reminded me on how awesome that track is. Like, I, in my head, I'm like, yeah, it's awesome. And then Jason was saying those things. Yeah, I'm going to go the same. I was going to say, because you haven't picked yet, so yeah. is that, you, that <laughs> I'm going answer? Skeletons in the Closet. That, that always has been one of my favorites off that album. Yeah. Criminally Insane versus Indians. Now, I don't know much about Anthrax, but I looked. I went on setlist.fm one time, and I'm realizing Indians seems to be a fan favorite. Ben, I don't get its appeal. Can you please explain it to me? Uh, Indians is um, Iron Maiden playing Run to the Hills. Indi- is, Indians <laughs> is Judas yep. Priest playing Electric Eye. You didn't get the appeal for this track. You know, this was the song I heard on YouTube when I was getting into thrash metal. I found this clip. It got recommended to me off a Metallica one. And I went, what is this? And then next minute I was in the city later on that day, bought Among Living. And that's how it all started. This track is awesome. This is just, this is so anthrax, this song. And I I feel um, you just didn't feel this one at all. It wasn't clicking. It wasn't really? clicking. Uh, it went well because I even think it's got a very catchy, well sung chorus. This one, it does. Yeah, it, it definitely like does. classic. Almost, I can imagine uh, Dio singing that chorus Dio or, or Dickinson. Or like Dickinson, absolutely. It re- it's got a little bit of a yeah power metal vibe to it. This song, in run, I gave it a re-listen to it again, and then you realize, yeah, this is just Run to the Hills Anthrax edition. Um, yeah. I've got here in my notes, and this is probably where uh, a couple of criticisms I have. I've written here four different riff styles within the first minute. I, sometimes I'm just thinking Anthrax is getting a little bit bloated sometimes. They go through all these different riffs within a short period of time, and you think, where's the direction here? Like, I think that might be one of the that might be one uh, takeaway as to why. Yeah, it is fascinating actually, just to get to those vocals appeal. that they do go four to five riffs. But that, I've always loved that in music composing for some reason. If you remember, Jason, Ellison, uh, Hell by Annihilator, we yep. go through about five to six riffs before we get to that opening vocal line on that album. Which is it worth I, it though? Oh, <laughs> in my opinion, it is, especially if all the riffs are really cool. But I can understand how you could also go. Are we just it's wasting a, time? It's a bit bloated. But we are talking to a prog rock fan, so I do love, like, over, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Overdone. Uh, well, we, uh, in, uh, overindulgence on well, this yeah. kind of stuff. Fair enough. But yeah. good prog, prog rock or prog metal works when they know when to move on. It, correct. Which is why it, dream theatre can be so polarising for people. Yeah, right? Even though I love them, but I completely get the criticism of, like, guys, you've been soloing for six minutes. Can we get yeah. back to it kind of thing? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's – yeah. I've never, ever thought, wow, there's, like, five riffs here before the vocals. But now that you've pointed that out, I'm like, yeah, there is. That's kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I just think the song is – Unbelievably catchy. The riffs are great. The lead vocals are... Joey really does a standout job here. And, um, man, this song live, everyone's singing in the crowd. If you can catch them at a festival, everyone's having the time of their life singing some uh, some classic anthrax. To me, this is, again... It's one, it's one of those non-negotiable songs at a live show at Sears, it, right? It is definitely a non-negotiable. That yep. and Madhouse. Madhouse. Madhouse is a classic, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, if we're making a uh, best of thrash metal, like, two-disc compilation, I think this finds a way on there. I think it's... Essential hmm. for thrash metal. Got anything for criminally insane, Imran? Oh, uh, just the, the, the drumming. 
It's, right. it's an amazing performance. Dave Lombardo is the oh. MVP of this whole podcast, oh. I think. Oh, yes. Yeah. And it just kills me all those years. They always underpaid him, which is why he left. Did they? Or criminally underpaid him. Wow, criminally insane. It, it really was. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, yeah. I didn't know that. Also, okay. too, shout out to the echo on the snare on this, the opening of this song. Ooh. Yeah. How tasty. I love uh, it. Don't even get me started on the drums. It is just. Yeah, it's not nuts. Oh, just big chef's kiss from me. Um, this whole song, right right when the riff comes in, feels like I'm just walking through this path and right on both sides of me is just fire and it's slowly getting bigger and I'm starting to run as as the song's going. So this is an Imran adrenaline rush. Yeah. This, this song gets me going, man. Uh, that riff is so evil, man. It's, it, it's just... Oh, the the solo, the screams of the people in the fire trying to get out, you know? It's, you know, you got the that ascending scale and then it's coming back down and then there's the whammy dive bars, classic Slayer stuff. Oh, I, yeah, this is a big Slayer point for me. I always love just how you describe that song, you know? Like, we we all go for a day's hard work. And then we get home and this is how we relax, listening to music <laughs> this intense, this crazy. But, you know, we all wind down our own ways. And you know, uh, for us, I've, it's enjoyable. I've done that before, though. I've, like, driven home in the car and I'm just, like, absolutely brain dead. And on the on the speaker, like, someone's probably looked into my car and this is playing. And I'm just, like, staring brain dead into yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, thinking, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm chilling. This is it. Yeah. Like, yeah. So good. Production-wise, Imran. Makes those riffs very hard to distinguish. It's like, what is going on? But it is a cacophony noise. It's criminally insane. What can I say? No pun intended. <laughs> ah, I've blocked out the solos at this point, but those riffs are undeniable. <laughs> those riffs are undeniable. Araya upping that ante and dun-dun, dun-dun, breakdown drums. That the breakdown drums. That's get that's getting the point for me. Criminally insane. Join. I'm joining you, Run. Yeah, buddy. Good fun. Yeah. Uh, what are you lo- doing, Ben? Well, well, Lockin' Indians for me, it was uh, my gateway to Anthrax, so for that I'm always thankful. Excellent. Okay, so 4-2, Slayer in the lead for myself, 5-1, Imran, and uh, Ben, Anthrax now in the lead, 4-2. Mm, excellent. So let's see. That will be probably the, be the final score check before the end of the pod here. Okay, I'm going to be a bit controversial here. Now I'm starting to think Anthrax win a, get a few points for me. Reborn versus One World. One World is fine, but Reborn, yeah, Reborn's good. Now it's like, okay, good songs. Maybe not those undeniable. Metal yeah, anthems. they're not. They're not the the one two punch KOs these tracks, but they definitely do help the album be the classics that they are. I think it's fascinating to mention too. Um, Dan Spitz, who is the lead guitar player on these Anthrax albums, yep. he did albums one to six. Left Anthrax to do what? To become a watchmaker. Huh. And that is what he's done ever since, and he's living his best life. Oh. So I just think that's fantastic. Hey, but Congratulations! I do have to note they never did recover. From album seven onwards, and it's not to say that those are bad records from there on, but to me, there was a bit of a spark and a bit of Anthrax magic that we never quite got back. Um, so I just had to bring that up, and I thought, now is the time. Uh, one World I very much do like. Probably not one of the best Anthrax tracks, but again, um, all these songs just seem to be able to find that catchiness. Uh, not sure how the guys were coming up with this stuff so effortlessly, but on this album, it just seems to work. Um, Reborn. Run me through that track because in my head I'm struggling to remember what happens in that song. What, this, what, what are the key takeaways? This one's of that just one? very black metal-y. It's got yeah, a lot okay. of black metal chords. Yep. So I found the solo to this has some structure to it. 
Does it? I, I analyzed it. The production it. on Rain and Blood makes it sound terrible, but sure. <laughs> I listened to the solo to this about three times in a row. It's got a bit of structure to it. It's got some <laughs> phrasing. There's a bit of jazz. There's jazz There's a bit of jazz. There's a bit of jazz. A bit of jazz. A bit of jazz. A bit of classic rock. Mm. A lot of phrasing and, and motifs. A bit of wah pedal at the end. It ends with a dive, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. In classic Slayer style. Um... Yeah, it's 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 Slayer song. It's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. One world. I liked One World. I liked um, all of the riffs go very well. Um, like they flow really well with each other as they go along. Um, I like the counting one, two, three, four as as it goes along. There's a little bridge where um, I could not figure out the time signature for it for a very long time. Sounded cool though. Um, yeah, I I realized it was probably just, I think it was just four four. At, at it's funny how yeah but four four can it's just weird off time. Do some mental gymnastics kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I really liked that part though. Um, yeah, this is just kind of like you know classic classic uh, thrash kind of stuff. Um, with punk influence, with bit of punk, bit of bit of Iron Maiden leads in the intro. Um, yeah. No, oh, yeah, I see what you mean. The one world. Da, 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 da. Yeah. I've forgotten the lyrics. I apologize, listeners. This is sad. <laughs> it's it's tough to do this. Uh, th- yeah, and instead of five riffs like Indians, I reckon the first minute we went through three different riffs on one world. It was, it was about three, two or three. Yeah. Uh, more chanting vocals, die one, two, die three, four. That, yeah, that grew on me eventually. And I've actually got it here in my notes here. The ending grew on me half an hour before starting the re- hitting the record button. So Wow. It was a fun, yeah, the ending finally came around. I came around to that uh, just before we came on air, Ben. So, uh, that is very cool. I, I would take that song over Reborn, in my view. I'm not sure what Imran's doing. It sounded like you um, were joining me on that one. I think I will. What are you doing, Ben? Yes, I'm going to go One World as well. I hate to keep playing the uh, the Anthrax card, but um, got to be honest here. That's all well and good. Epidemic versus ADI slash horror of it all. Epidemic, I struggle to think of anything to say about that one, but Ben, now we've got a clean guitar to start uh, horror of it all. I, I think that's the ADI part, correct me if I'm wrong. That is that is correct. Now I'm realising Anthrax's production isn't very great because that is such a scratchy intro. Yeah, I always thought um, this Among the Living album sounded a bit thin. Yeah, um, for my uh, yeah. liking, and I know they released some remasters of it, which I never, never bought, so I never properly heard them. I'm not sure if you guys heard the remastered no. versions or not. Uh, it's our first time listening to the Anthrax. I yeah. wasn't sure, so yeah, whether on, one on, on Spotify, streaming or the one on Spotify. Not fair yeah, enough, yeah. Fair I think it was just normal. you can tell this is a product from of its the time. Uh, from the first song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very. Um, uh, it escapes me now, but I thought of something that it sounded like when I first listened to it. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Very but, yeah, you can tell. But the I do, I do really like this track, and this all becomes a little bit of a trend for the coming, the next two albums after, where there'll, there'll be a track late in the album with like a, a little instrumental opener, and then it'll kick in, and it'll be like a seven eight track. I think um, in the dark is the one on the, the album after Steady Euphoria, another great record. It's um, Among Living 2.0, just worse. <laughs> just worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and it, it's still a great record, um, but unfortunately, yeah, didn't quite match the heights of this. Uh, yeah, I love horror of it all, actually. It's one of my favourite tracks on the album. Well, if um, they want to try and make a horror uh, environment or soundscape out of it, they've done all right they when they get good. into the... Yeah, when they started yeah, off. Yeah, and Joey, Joey really sounds good in this song. It's a horror... Memories, you know, just fun stuff. Um, with some kind of catchy, jewel, almost thin Lizzie like guitar going in between him there. I, I, at least okay. to me, maybe a little 
probably not the best comparison. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, super fun. Um, Epidemic is kind of just adding to some chaos that Slayer have well established at this point in time in Rain and Blood. Uh, maybe some of the listeners might be getting fatigued at this point in the album. I definitely was. I've got barely anything to say about that song. Um, Here are my notes. It has a short solo. Second half has a riff with a hook. Big scream to cap off vocal. Like it, it, I couldn't... I couldn't decipher anything. Yeah, it, it whizzes by that one, um, but still so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just love that album. Like every part of that album is just so good. But yeah, I really really think Anthrax nailed it on this one. I'm going Anthrax. It's ringing truer and truer when you brought up at the start of this. Uh, you couldn't listen to Rain and Blood in Shuffle. It needs to be in one fell swoop. Uh, no, I, I was a uh, a big advocate of the uh, the iPod Classic okay. back before streaming existed, and I used to do shuffles, and these tracks would come in so abruptly yeah. and end yeah. in a blink of an eye, and it was like, what is going on? And I'm seeing your point now. If you were to, if you were, to, we're going track by track, and we're deciphering and trying to break down individual tracks. Yeah, it's it's tough to describe. Describe it on Rain and Blood because it is, as you mentioned, it's a quick one fell swoop, get it done, get it over and done with. It's 28 minutes, enjoy it, turn your brain off and just head bang. When you're trying De- to dis- definitely. When you're trying to sit here and uh, describe riffs and solos and bass lines and drum parts, it's harder to do because mm. uh, it, it, there's not really a, an appropriate way to fit it. But, but Jason, when you were listening to this album, did you, when it ended, did you go, yeah, I can see why that is a classic? Well, I, I can see why it's a classic if you do it in one fell swoop. Yep. In one yeah. individually, it's a bit tough. It's like, oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, not, maybe not necessarily Whiplash. Anyway, what, what do you got, Imran? You've been very silent now. What um, do you got for it? Epidemic. Uh, these are my notes. Slayer are moving too fast for me to keep up with my notes. <laughs> uh, that is bang on for me, I yeah, think. That is very cool. A uh, bit of Pantera in this one. Um... And for the solo, no one will ever truly understand Slayer solos like Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> Your notes are my brain, Imran. Yeah. Um, ADI. So, so I'm picking. I'm picking the medley ADI hey, and horror of it go. all. I liked the cowboy riff at the start. It's kind of spooky. Um, the the riff was really cool. It was just. It was kind of simple, but it was just like fun. I I liked the bounciness of it. It's very groovy. Um, I liked the panning solo as it went through. Um, Chorus, it's sick. The vocal delivery is great. Um, what else have I got here? The thrash breakdown, of course. The bass is just moving during that part. Yep. I love that. Expand on that, please. I'm interested. There, there was a bass was a lot more prevalent here. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't have much here in my notes uh, from enough. memory. Um, yeah, I, I just remember the rhythm section in this part was just crazy. It was just going, and it just kept going. And when you wanted it to stop, it just kept going. And and you didn't want it to stop really, but yeah, um, no, it was great. Um, I I need to listen to this again one more time because it's a it's. I think this is the longest song up up to this point. It's it's longest it's, song out of everything we've yeah, discussed. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is the longest one out of the two. Need to yeah. listen to it a few more times. But I the the two times that I've listened to it, I thoroughly remember. Yeah. This, this is a cool song. The length, I'm, I'm going to suss this one out again. Yeah, certainly so. It's my point as well. The length, I think, is to its detriment slightly because the middle section, I think, meandered a bit. There wasn't much memorable going on, but it won me over towards the endings. The insane thrashy solos and how it ended from six minutes onwards, that's what brought me around. Like, yeah, that's yeah. a good song. I'm seeking it out yeah. again. It's funny, too, because, you know, 
Anthrax are winning quite a few of these head-to-heads, but we're kind of going, you know, you could trim that here and there, but Slayer, uh, I, my argument would never be you could trim that down. Well, because well, the songs they, are already two minutes just, long. That's they, the thing. Ma- they maximize yeah. what they put on, uh, which I've always loved about Slayer. They've never really held on too long where you're like, all right, guys, come on, like let's hurry this up. Yeah, and Anthrax, I think, are doing that way too often on a mm, living. Like, yeah, there's definitely you could definitely tighten up a bit of the songwriting. I would agree. Yeah, and that might be why Anthrax never reaching the Metallica or the Megadeth level of popularity because yeah. they don't they're not as riffing. It must be fun for guitar enthusiasts, but songwriting and a general appeal and listener experience m- might be lacking. Mm. I think it's lacking. That is interesting. Among yeah. the living, I don't think so. I think that's probably the best written one out of. Yeah, that's a excellent. Among song. the living, at the very yeah, least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't see it. In, that's the thing. I think maybe why I didn't like Indians so much. I didn't get that from Indians. Yeah. And uh, what else? Didn't I'd be fascinated for you to stick with that track a little bit longer. Maybe in a couple of weeks, play it again. A couple of weeks, play it again. Yeah. Just see if you come around to it a bit. But at least they aim for yeah, that. It's the punk rock attitude of us versus the world, and you know it's a war cry, and yeah. that's where the gang vocals yeah. and all that. And that's the appeal. Yeah, that that there war cry bit. Oh my yeah. gosh, the people get hurt every night when they <laughs> do that bit. It's just, it's just a mosh frenzy. It's so so yeah. awesome. Yeah. Any other things to say about horror of it all? Just a just awesome work, Anthrax. I reckon sure. um, this album just it rules. <laughs> I yeah. love it. Yeah. I repeat the the acoustic start of the clean guitar start. Uh, yeah, it was very scratchy. And I was like, oh, okay, this is poor production. It's a bit like yeah, but there's enough good things going on at the start. Once the main riffs kick in, yeah, it's got the it's a classic build. It's nothing special, but it's at least you get a bit of build. And it's then it's can, done well. Yes. You can build you can build a zombie chase in a horror film to that as your soundtrack. And it ends stunningly. So middle section, a uh, bit bloated, but at least it came around in the end. I want to seek that out again. Mm. We, we end Run the Living on Imitation of Life, and that's going up against Postmortem. Uh, Postmortem, I think, is a pickup. Imran, what do you got? Yes, I agree. This is a bit of a tricky one for me. Um, Postmortem, it's a very fun riff, very catchy. Um, I like the fast-paced breakdown. I don't know if you call it a breakdown, but it just gets fast. That little part feels like I'm running from like Frankenstein or something. Um, it's just the the riff is just very off kilter and spooky, and it just feels like I I should not be there at the in that moment. Off kilter, um, demon unleashed. Yeah, some something like that. Um, it goes back into you know classic sta- Slayer thrash. Um, this one feels more dirtier. It feels more rougher. It's yeah. I I feel like it's just you know Slayer. Uh, the, this song is just it. If you're I I don't know. It's just. Every time I listen to Slayer, I think, yes, this is Slayer. Oh, you know? Ben, the um, memes are real. Slayer fans are just like, Slayer! Just, oh, man. Yeah. They, I, they I know what they love. But how I, else I love do you describe too. it? That's well, the thing. Well, I don't know if it's my imagination. I feel like the aggression and the pace has picked up again on this song, especially as we're going right to the end of the track, because I think how cool is this song when it, when it kind of flows into Raining Blood? Yeah, I there's a big snare hit at the end. Yes. It, it's got like extra reverb on it or yeah. something. It whacks you. It does a little bit more, I think, yeah. guitar stuff. And then I just love this, this bit where it's like, uh, oh, I, I don't quite remember the lyrics, but it's like, uh, what are you, what are, what are, what are you after death? And then there's quiet and you just hear, and then do I have to die? Insane. And the drums are going a million miles an hour. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm about to crash this car. You know? And then we get that breath into 
the final track, which yeah. we'll discuss after. The but yeah, I've, I'm going to have to give a point to Slayer here. That track is wildly exciting. Um, even though the whole yeah. album is, I, I think it is just such a perfect opener to um, the main course at the end. Yeah. Um, I should mention, I really liked Imitation of Life. Um, I really liked the the weird kind of spooky roof at the start, and then it goes into the. Dun, 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 I really like that. It's so good, heavy. Good head banging going on. Yeah, yeah, so heavy, so groovy. Then it goes into you know classic thrash, big four style. Um, the snare rolls in this are insane. Um, as as they're going, got the big high pitch. The <laughs> yes, the, yeah. Um, as there's like four riff switches in this that just like keep keep going, keep keep you moving. Um, I like the intro to the solo. It's really weird. It's kind of got the like, it's, I don't. It's got some weird like. Mm, I, I think know, exactly. you said before Randy Rhodes. Uh, that um, was that, just before we recorded it. We actually had yeah. another listen to that song. There was something I was like, I've actually got it in my notes here. The solo started strange, and I went, I just went in past yeah. and went, oh, yeah, Randy Rhodes ish. Yeah, it's kind of, <laughs> it was a little bit Randy Rhodes ish. Yeah. Well, there very, you go. Yeah, definitely of the time. So, if anyone's listening yeah. and saying, "Oh, that's nowhere near Randy Rhodes," I said, "What are you talking about?" Well, fair enough. You're probably right. I mean, Imran's <laughs> the musician out of the two of us. <laughs> but uh, no, solo started strange for me, and then it ended pretty reasonably okay. What, what was your takeaways, Ben? Uh, I really do like that Anthrax track. Uh, it, that has to be one of the fastest paced tracks on the album, too, for memory. Um, a great way to end it. Just with crazy thrash madness. Yeah. Um. Not not one of the best closing Anthrax tracks, though. I must say they've had some killer tracks, like Gung Ho off the album before it, is yeah, one of the best one. Anthrax tracks ever. Um. But still fun, and it closes out, in my opinion, just an, an absolute classic thrash album. But uh, being so into thrash, um, like Heathens playing next week, and they're <laughs> they're awesome. Um, but we can talk about them another time. They got the guitarist of Exodus. Um, yeah, wicked, 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 wicked. Anthrax album is great, and uh, Slayer that that track does edge out for me. Yeah, the point goes to postmortem for Ben. What are you going to do, Imster? Uh, Ooh, what were your takeaways vocally? I thought uh, Belladonna had better vocal performances. There was he. Yeah. I think in the start at the at my from memory that was a bit of a strange delivery. And he he's done better the, the yeah. rest of the album, but uh, this one's an interesting one vocally. I, I think it's, I'm with Ben. It's maybe not maybe not the best song on the album, and the fact that it's closing, it's a bit of an interesting impression. It's leaving you on. But. Yeah, um, it, there's a bit of like spoken word as he does it throughout. It's it's kind of like That's his. Weird. It's it's like this weird sassy mm, punk song. Yeah, I forgot he does that. Yeah, that is that is weird. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah Wasn't w- a fan. There's like that little bit in the he middle. He doesn't do that often. You'll be happy to know. Kind of yeah. Yeah, it was very weird. There's a bit in the middle that stood out to me where it's got this like weird reverb on it that like it's got like the, the double reverb that a lot of blues has where it's just like, oh, you ever think for yourself? Have you ever? I, j- I just want to know. It's like, I, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about, man, but sure. I'm going to support your point, Imran. Yeah. You, we'll refer to the notes and I, and I quote, these verses vocally sound like someone failing to collect their thoughts. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that supports your That's point. That, I think if you guys, that sounds about uh, right. if you guys dug those vocal segments, uh, suicidal tendencies are a band for you. Oh, I love suicidal tendencies. They're, they're a great band. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, don't get me started. Institutionalized. Amazing. Yeah, that that one song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, great, great track. Oh, it's yeah. a classic. Um, yeah, postmortem for me. I think 
quick, take it. I think so too for myself as well. Uh, I think I'm going to join the two of you there and take postmortem myself. That I I didn't have much to say about it. I thought it had a dirty and rougher edge to it. The high, the big squeal. Thoughts him run. It was big. And it was a squeal. We, 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 we got to <laughs> no touch on this squeal because it keeps coming up. Um, there was no band that Slayer loved in their early years more than Judas Priest. Rob Halford is the king of the high-pitched scream. Oh, the big, so that yeah. was heavily inspired from Judas Priest. Um, oh, Tom yeah. Araya clearly made it his own. But I just find it funny that of all the things they took from Judas Priest, it wasn't like the beautiful dual melodic guitar solos or those meaty heavy riffs. It was the high-pitched scream that yeah. uh, carried on. So, yeah, Judas Priest were still just... Oh, yeah. Priest were massive in the in the 70s. They got bigger in the 80s. Like, they exploded in 82, um, which the timeline for Slayer is pretty perfect because I think... Uh, yeah. It's the first Slayer album, 1983 or Something like four. that. It's, it's one of the two, a show no mercy. Um Talk about bad production. Oof, that first yeah. album sounds terrible. Yeah, that's a. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yet to listen to it, and I planned to before coming in here, but I didn't get a chance. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, it, it, it's a laugh. It's, but yeah. the um, <laughs> the Hellawaits record afterwards, that that opening track, Hellawaits, is classic Slayer too. So yeah, a lot a lot of fun right. to check out. The gold star rules apply for the final track. So if let's just run through it for admin sake, and if it's your first time <laughs> listening, the gold star rule is is if a song goes uncontested. If you would actively seek that song out again, or if you think it would go up again, if you if we put that song up against any of the opposing songs on the opponent's album, would it get a point? It's raining blood that we're talking about. Of course, we're can giving I, it a gold star. Can I just run. say quickly? Yes, the devil himself could not write this song. <laughs> not not the devil himself. Wow. Okay. Uh, it, it's very rare that a band that's known for their main song actually is the perfect definition of what they sound like. But in Slayer's case, I think Rain and Blood is an essential-sounding Slayer song. Yeah, yeah. It's everything that Slayer is and the one song, and also just beautifully composed. Do you I, know what makes this song work for me the most, Ben? Is we've had this unrelenting Slayer go on for 25 minutes, and then post-mortem ends, and then bang, and then you get that 10 seconds of breathing room to build that soundscape. The storm hits, and then... Now we're on the train. Now we're invested. They built some investment into this one. Do you think the album would have been better off if there was a little bit more quiet bits in between... The 25 minutes no. before we got here. Or no. do you think that's why it works so well? That's why Raining Blood works so well. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. It, it is, that album does not stop until that moment. It, it just keeps going, it mm -hmm. keeps going. You're like, when is this going to end? And then all of a sudden there's this lightning and then there's, you know, the big squeals in the background. You're like, well, you know, what's, what's happening? Why am I here? All of a sudden you get the dun-dun-dun yeah. as, as it's yeah. going, as yeah. you're going. And then, and then that riff comes in and you're like, whoa. They took like, some time to build some investment into this one and they had things around it to complement it and that's what made that riff hit so well. Yeah. Uh, back, back in my high school days, this song actually annoyed me because um, the talk of the town was Guitar Hero 3 and Rain and Blood was the track at the end of the near the end of the game. Right. And I, we had to wait for this long, drawn-out intro to get to try to beat this song every time, oh, and it was yeah. really hard. <laughs> so I'd have to sit through this intro like a 100,000 times <laughs> until I actually pulled it out earlier this year. I, I could still beat it, so I was wrapped about that. Nice. On expert mode, let's go, Flex. Uh, but yeah, um, now that I listen to this not thinking of the game, uh, oh, it's so good. It, it's amazing, yeah. but at the time it did annoy me. 
um, for oh. that one reason. What? When was this, Ben? Uh, oh, man. Guitar Hero 3 came out 2007. Okay, so, so this we're is talking. 2007, um, Ben Holt. Yeah, um, this is bef- yeah, this <laughs> is before I got really into metal, um, and Guitar Hero was actually a big gateway for me and all my mates at the time. And so then, 07's the year you got in, or like 08? Uh, I would probably say 08 properly, because ah. I saw my first concert in 08, which was uh, Judas Priest. That freaks me out yes. how long ago that is now, though. It's really strange. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, this track is a masterclass. I really appreciate, too, how they let the rain outro go longer than it needed to. I feel yeah. it helps you gather your thoughts. It's thoughts like the, and the intro goes for a bit long, right? And then you get this song and then that really insane, like, guitar, yeah. like, just screams from yeah. hell. Yeah, yeah. And then it just cuts and then, yeah, you get the, like... What what just happened? We, right? like, we we have talked a little bit about a live setting, and uh, as you both would know, uh, when we get this intro of the drums and the rain and the eeriness, the pit will split into two because a wall of death is opening up, and it's just so eerie because you know not everyone's going to walk out of there the same way before yeah. it begins. Um, and next minute, after the song's over, there's heaps of people in the medical tent. Broken arms, broken noses, blood everywhere. But, but they, we, totally all had a good, we all had a good time and everyone yeah. picked each other up, looked after each other. But uh, no song unites two metalheads quite like uh, Raining Blood by Slayer. It's a classic. Yeah, that is that is one song. If I if I ever wanted to see a band live, it'd probably be Slayer, purely just for Raining Blood, just to be in a pit while that is happening. It, it does upset me you've never seen them. You it upsets me as well. You, you, know, you know, the first time I ever saw them, they played with Megadeth at Festival Hall in 2009 and uh, Tom Moray had lost his voice. So oh. my first um, uh, time watching Slayer was a 50-minute Slayer instrumental set. There oh. were no vocals. They tried to get a few different roadies and singers up to sing a few tracks and they sounded awful, so they <laughs> just stopped. Um, but luckily I did get to see Slayer a few more times after to hear Tom actually. Yeah. <laughs> Did the mosh pit try and sing along? Yes, but the their amps were so loud, yeah, like more than most bands, yeah. we couldn't really hear them all that well. Yeah. But uh, good memories. But Megadeth in that, That's in my opinion, Megadeth probably should have headlined if they knew that Slayer couldn't sing. But anyway, yeah. Slayer are just so popular in Australia. I don't know if you guys have noticed that. I'm sure you have. So. Oh, there's, been, there's been multiple Mosh Pit alumni before all three of us joined the show that they're all very proud of themselves that they survived a Slayer Mosh Pit. There you go. Yes. Gold star. Yeah. Go- gold star. Yeah. <laughs> Was there any doubt? Goodness um, me. Yeah. You, you fo- should have just put it on your paper before we even got in the studio. Yeah, I, I was a bit... I should have. You, you're yeah. not wrong. I thought, I'll write it down as we're doing this discussion. Yeah. No, nope, should have done that before if, we walked if, in. If any one of us was to not put a gold star on this song, it get out of the studio. You can hear... That is Imran putting... Just summing up his notes. He's putting his notes away and they're about to be thrown across the studio. There yeah. they go. They're in the bin Gone. now. Done. Fine. Actually, I might need you to go to the bin and pick out those oh, notes one more time, Imran, because I do have a small question for you. I want you to break down that. I want you to break down that breakdown. The oh, breakdown. The, 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 oh, the, the, yeah, that the, is just the, an incredible the, breakdown. It is the simplest riff of all time, and that's what makes it amazing. <laughs> nice. It's beautiful, and and then you've got that riff that comes in over the top of it. Uh, honestly, I think I think if anything, the drums make this um, make this breakdown because the riff comes in. It's just toms. It's just dun 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 dun, and then that groove comes in. That's that's where you want to start running around, just like head head banging, just diving over people or whatever you want to do in a mosh pit. Like that that groove is 
if that wasn't there, there would be no breakdown. I, I'm not sure, Imran, if you've ever heard the record, but um, I love the Slayer album, Divine Intervention. It's got Paul Bostaff on drums because they just kicked out Dave Lombardo after um, Seasons in the Abyss. Hmm. It's an unbelievable drum performance on that album, and it's a very punky-sounding Slayer on that record. Very brutal, but some really interesting mid-paced tracks as well with some lighter guitar work. It's worth a shot. It goes for about 32, 34 minutes. Okay. I just love that album. Yeah. I've, always I really, that I've always really dug yeah. that record, so I, I would yeah, be curious for you to hear it and see what you think. All right. Yeah, but you'll like it. Yeah. I mean, it's Slayer, of course. It, it's like Slayer, it. but yeah, the drums definitely have a different feel to them, but it's it's beautifully okay. performed. So, yeah, I always like, you know, a bit of homework in between. Yeah. Because why not? Oh, hell yeah. yeah. And one final thing I did want to expand, because we only to- touched it on it in passing, and the rain to close. You were talking about uh, it was slightly longer than in- and then, I guess, initially thought. Is that is that a good fit, or do you think uh, a bit too long could have, could have shortened it? Because there's a case uh, no, for both. No, I remember the first time I ever heard the album, that rain came on, and I was just saying, holy gosh, what on earth did I just listen yeah, to? Did, and I actually needed that rain for me to reflect on what I just heard. So I think it was done by design, and it's perfect. That's your case for because the case against it, we've done podcasts in the past where they end on a piece of it. They either start a song with ambience or end a song with ambience, and it goes on a bit too long, and you think, can you shave it? Think, That's yeah. wasted time. But I think I think Ben's, I think, more of what the... I think Ben's a bit more... Appro- this is the more appropriate action to time. This is when it works. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah no kidding. I have heard probably 50-plus records where we just have this weird ambient outro that goes for eight, nine minutes. And I go, guys, what on earth? Like, yeah. what were you thinking? Um, Lulu comes to mind, actually. <laughs> uh, the, the final track on that, I think it's really um, sad strings for nine minutes, and it just puts you in a bad mood. Uh, oh, yeah. I did buy, that, mood, did buy yeah. that album on CD, folks, uh, just so you know. So <laughs> you have it on CD. I have, oh. it, on, I have it on CD. Yeah. You're probably the only person that has it. Uh, probably any person you know that has it. I don't yeah. know anyone else that's got it. So, um, At the time, uh, a, uh, yeah, so, I mean, JB Hi-Fi was always perfect for buying all your CDs. They had everything. And I remember going in the store to buy Lulu, and there was a, um, a review, because they'd put reviews up for stuff, and it got half a star, and it says, please do not buy this. Please <laughs> do not buy this. I, I, that's the only time of any album or it. any music I've ever seen that says, do not buy it. I bought it. What did the... Did you take it to the cashier, and did they react to anything? Uh, no, I think the girl was oblivious to what I was about to buy. Damn. Um, I somehow listened to the album five times before I came to the conclusion that I don't think I'm ever going to play this again. But I moved house recently. I brought it with me. I've still got it. Still still sitting in one of the rooms. I can pull it out any time I want. Memories, I guess. You can put it on your wall with the review of the JB Hi-Fi. I wish. I wish I grabbed that code. We talked talked about it very briefly on a previous podcast, but you've tried listening to Lulu. I've tried. I've never listened to it in its entire... I think I got track three or track four, and I was like, no, I'm good. Yeah, I, I, I'm not brave enough to try it. I need to do it. I think, Ben, we've got to meet up at some point and you can bring the CD with it. I'll, I'll give it a shot. Uh, well, um, with your enthusiasm, I, I think I can survive. But I, I, yeah, I don't know. You know, I got very lucky recently because uh, my my folks are moving into state and the issue with that is is that my dad can't keep his stereo system where they're moving to. He's not going to be able to like blast music. So I've got yeah. his amplifier. Uh. I've got his CD player. I've got his really big tower speakers. They sound awesome. I almost think even Lulu would sound really good through these Ooh. things. Um, As a person who also owns tower amplifiers in my house. Lovely. Uh, because of my father yes. and his collection oh, from his youth. So good. I can attest, 
Uh, anything is better with tower amps. It's it, it is nothing no, beats the experience. It, yeah, he's not. He's not kidding. The reason um, why I still buy CDs, we're, we're a hi-fi podcast now. <laughs> yeah. the, no, the reason why I still buy CDs even in 2022 is so I can experience them on those big amps at home. Absolutely. Uh, my housemate is listening to nothing but digital music probably for the last you know 10, 15 years, and I had it on, and he goes, "Wow, it's just a really different experience, isn't it?" I said, "Yeah, take some time getting used to it. Once you're used to it, it feels like a live concert in your house." Yeah. You know, it's just exactly awesome. Exactly right. So cool. We went way off topic. We've got to yeah. Sorry, I have a terrible care. habit of doing that. I yeah, don't yeah. care. We're catching up here again, listeners. We haven't seen each other in a very long time. This is fun, and it's yeah. And seriously, this is actually another reason. Always, I'm gonna. Ne- I'm never gonna stop using Spotify, but I'm never gonna stop using CDs because if as long as I have those within my possession, I so stopped right. using Spotify. Uh, really? I, I have now moved to Title. I'm a okay. Title kid, Tidal. and I have never looked back. High fidelity audio streaming. Uh, oh, so you get like the flak audio and stuff. Yes, don't you? you get the yeah. masters. You get everything. Oh, I've got a, uh, yeah. I got a hundred and twenty gig a month on my phone, so data oh, doesn't matter. I can listen to stuff. And but yeah, we'll we'll have that conversation off the air. But yeah. uh, life changing, man. Once you hear the masters through like a really good pair of headphones, yeah. Or you'll you'll hit, hit play on Spotify and you you'll you won't come back. In my opinion. Damn. That's a piece of kit. That's the first yeah. time I think we've ever given consumer advice. To yeah. Uh, no, 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 not at all. Um, I'm t- title can be a tricky sell because you have to have the equipment uh, to back it up, right? I don't. Yes. So right. if you had an average pair of headphones, you might be able to hear a little bit of difference. The difference comes in when you've got the equipment. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Imran's in a band. You might be selling it quite well to him. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, I'm about Let's it. tally this up, Slayer v. Anthrax. Let's we'll start go. with Imran because it's quite easy. Uh, Slayer 1, 7 to 3. Oh. Congrats, Surprise. congrats, Slayer! Yeah, it was, uh, him, hey, I'm so glad we got like- we knocked a couple off the yeah. off the board, so that was all right. <laughs> yeah. No, I did like that Anthrax album, but look, it, it's it's Rain and Blood by Slayer. It bugs me that the vote is going to come down to me because Ben Anthrax won six to four. Uh, yeah, good. I'm glad that was somewhat. Not well, not quite even, but close. Yeah, no, no. It, it was a cl- tight contest for Ben, and it gives uh, among the living the grand point. But it does leave the vote on me, which is a bit annoying because I would much rather it be on Ben and not me because there's a lot more pressure on me. <laughs> Slayer won at six to four. Your winner. Hey, is blood. congratulations, oh. Slayer. I mean, to be fair, in the grand scheme of music, that is the more famous album. But uh, Anthrax yeah. putting in a great. Great entry into uh, the yeah. history of thrash and heavy metal I think music. Definitely going to listen to some Anthrax after this because I did like this album a lot. I'm really keen for you to try um, the album Sound of White Noise. That's my favorite. Sound of White Noise. Yeah, Sound with John Bush. Noise. So at least yeah. you get a different singer and oh, you'll yeah, go, okay. wow, they sound like a different band. Yeah, I yeah. gave Spreading the Disease a shot. Is that a high recommendation? Yes, correct. That would well? be number three on my list. Number three on the list. What is your top three favorite? Uh, Sound of White Noise, Among the Living, and Spreading the Disease. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I guess to end it, we'll go specifically to Among the Living and Rain and Blood. We'll get a top three from all of us. So what's your top three for each album, Imra? Uh, Among the Living, I'm going to have to pick the, the medley, ADI Horror of It All. Um, oh... Among the Living, I did. I really liked that. And N F L F F and Nickel Lesson F N F. Yeah, that one. That one. Yeah, that one. Uh, Rain, Rain, and and, Rain and Blood. Um, <coughs> Rain and Blood. Um, Angel of Death, and probably Criminally Insane. Well, you're not too far. I think that's almost mine. Angel of Death and Raining Blood are by default. 
It's it, everything yeah. else was a battle to see what would get third place, and it's a it's a race between piece by piece, criminally insane, and altar of sacrifice. I'll be different with from you, Imran. Altar of sacrifice for me. So it's a good choice. Among the living, the title track. That's probably my favourite off it. Uh, NFL. Evil, uh, oh no, <laughs> Evil Rick Fessen and NFL and a skeleton in the closet. Those are my top three. Uh, yes, Slayer, let's go. Angel of Death, um, Jesus Saves, and Raining Blood. See, like, by default, Angel of Death and yeah. Raining Blood. By default. Well, well I think it's because a they're, sin the, to pick anything they're else. the two most complete songs on the album. Yeah, and yes. by that, yeah, I reckon all the other tracks accompany each other. Yeah, but they don't have their own statement in a weird way. They're just kind of joined together, which is awesome. I love it. Um, this is coming from someone that loves my sugar. It all sounds the same. Um, <laughs> and then if we go to Anthrax, we got to go uh, Court in a Mosh, uh, Skeletons in the Closet, and uh, ADI Horror of It All. Well done, gentlemen. I'm so happy oh, that yeah. you got to uh, listen to an Anthrax album. It's been really cool, by the way, knowing Jason and you and uh, being able to throw you guys a couple of records over the years. Like, I'm not sure Jason ever would have listened to Annihilator. Um, unlikely. Probably unlikely, right? <laughs> did, I, did I? Was Dream Theater? No, you're already in the Dream Theater. Am I, I tried Dream Theater briefly yep. before uh, around about before pre-COVID. I yep. tried it out. Yep. So what I did, I listened to Images and Words up to Metropolis Part One, yep. and then uh, it was a uh, dream scenes from a memory in, in its entirety. Yeah, and it didn't click initially. Then I tried the song As I Am off Train of Thought. And then I got back in, and then I finally became a bit more of a Dream Theater fan. Beautiful. When we did uh, the Scenes for Memory Operation Mindcrime podcast. Yes. Oh, what great albums. And uh, now- Jeff, Jeff Tate's coming out again. Oh, is he? He is, but he's playing um, Empire along with um, Rage of Order. Okay. Two full albums. Um, stunning. All, like, all the guys in his band are, like, 25. And Imran, to cap off the Dream Theater thing with Ben, because of uh, the podcast now I've explored more Dream Theater, my new favorite Dream Theater song is Blind Faith. Of uh, Six Degrees. Oh, that is... The James Labrie written song. Fascinating. Yeah. That is a really good song, to be it fair. It really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, it's very atmospheric to that. Uh, yeah, it's it's really fun. But, ben yeah. is an encyclopedia, everyone, and he is that, the um, most passionate Six Degrees of Separation? Is that what that one's called? In a Turbulence. Yeah, in a Turbulence. In a Turbulence, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I think was, I've heard that one before. That was officially the album where the Dream Theater self-indulgence really started to hit. Yeah, because every song on that was like really long. Really long. It? Um, it's it's partly Jordan Rudis, his influence on the keyboards, yeah. um, but oh my goodness. I'm yet to uh, listen to the second half because it is six songs blended in. Uh, over 40 best part of the record. Best that, part, that song okay. is absolutely right. essential right, because there is so much light and shade. It does not feel like 42 minutes. As a matter of fact, thinking about it, I want to go home and just listen to it. I, th- that is such a great song. Please, you'll, you'll thank I'll, me. Okay, I'll give it another shot. No, don't no don't go, oh, my God, it's eight parts. And No, no, no. It actually it keeps moving. Okay. Really I'll, super I'll well put together. Shot. No worries. This he'll, is he'll, wh- have a, he'll have a new favorite song after this. <laughs> <laughs> this again, Imran, this is why I wanted to make sure we did this in a proper studio so you two can meet in person. And uh, we did yeah. a podcast with Ben earlier this year. It was Iron Maiden v. Judas Priest, and we wanted to make sure that this that wasn't going to be the last one we did with him this year. Definitely. This is exactly the reason why. Yeah. And finally, oh, I, I do appreciate Dynasty it. Slayer, did a deep dive in Anthrax. What What are your final conclusions discovering Anthrax? I need to listen to more Anthrax. That's my final conclusions. I've been missing out. The, the big four has only been the big three for me. Now it's finally complete. It's the big four. Uh, it makes sense, you know. Ha, have you dabbled much into Exodus? Uh, not particularly. Okay, because I, I... Are they the one that did um, Agent Orange? No, that's Sodom. Or Sodom. Sodom. Uh, yeah. Another good band. Uh, look, I think Exodus have the best riffs in thrash metal. 
Like, okay. hands down, in my opinion. Um, and uh, Bonded by Blood's not even the album I look to when I say that. Yep. But Which one is it? Uh, amazingly, it's actually uh, Atrocity Exhibition Exhibit A. I'm not sure what Gary Holt was doing at that time. That has some of the most amazing metal riffs in the history of the world, in my opinion. It's just yeah. And it's just crushing. And it, it, yeah. it, it depends if you can get past like the really shouty, harsh vocals. But um, it's, I'm always down it for is shouty vocals. very tough. Yeah. The conclusion I drew, exhibition. actually. There we go. He's writing it down in his notes. Yeah. He's getting it all I've, set. I've got a few here already. There's actually a conclusion I did draw from listening to these two albums, and that is I reckon Joey Belladonna, best vocalist out of the big four. Agreed. Oh, agreed. I think uh, it, because Imran hasn't heard "Spreading the Disease," which is his best vocal performance. Oh, okay. I wasn't even aware. If, if that's okay. how you I, take it, I cool. still stand by Tom Mariah, but Tom Mariah better than Hetfield, better than well, he's better than Mustaine. Oh, uh, yeah, everyone's better, better than, than Joey. Mustaine. Yeah, I I just like his delivery of just the the way he delivers everything is just I don't know. There's something about it that I really like. It's not like he doesn't sing like the other guys, sure, but. A, the the way he delivers his vocals is just very commanding and just like in your face. I I love it and all of his lyrics are just so ominous and just horrifying. You know, it's it, it just it, you really sink into it. I feel like and the fact that he like because Hetfield's vocals changed over the years. Dave Mustaine's. It, I mean, mm, they haven't changed. They, they stay the same. Yeah. Um, uh, then again, Dystopia he sounds okay on. Euthanasia, he sounds like. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, yeah, I think Euthanasia is the best Dave Mustaine vocal performance. I, he I would agree with great that. Great on yeah. that record. Yeah, I know Dave gets a lot of flack for his vocals, but there is something charming about Dave Mustaine's vocals over those Megadeth riffs. Like, I don't know, I just think he does a great yeah. job with. Well, clearly, he's not a natural singer. I think from conversations we've had in the past, Ben, I think that drew drew me to the conclusion. Dave Mustaine is not a good vocalist, but he is an he he is the Megadeth vocalist. Megadeth don't sound like Megadeth if Dave's not singing. And I think you might have been the one who pointed that out to me, and it started to stick recently. Mm, yeah, M- maybe I'm wrong. I might have someone else might have taught that to me. But uh, Dave Mustaine f- fits with Megadeth. He would not fit anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Everywhere, I, anywhere else, he'd be dog. Yep. Dog crap. <laughs> if we are happy to keep the podcast going, because I, I have some things I'd love to keep talking about with this, um, I'm still to this day blown away that Metallica were the band that got massive and not Megadeth. And why I say that is those early Metallica albums have so many eight-minute songs on them, so many seven-minute songs. I thought, man, people wouldn't have the attention span for this. With Megadeth, where three to four minutes, got yeah, some pretty fast, catchy guitar work, yeah, some jazz-like guitar work. The thing is, though, uh, what's um, Mustaine wrote all of the stuff um, from Ride the Lightning and Kill 'Em All. He's credited on four or five songs. So on yeah. Um, yeah. on uh, Kill 'Em All, it's uh, four Motor Breath, Four Horsemen, uh, bl- bl- no, Jump in the Fire. I Sorry, Jump in the Fire. Um, militia. Sick and, Sick and Destroy as well, right? No, he's not credited. Oh, he's not on that. Or okay. is, is he not credited? credited he's one. on No Remorse, absolutely. Yeah. And then on Ride the Lightning, he is on he Ride the Lightning. He gets Ride the Lightning on. and Call of Cthulhu. Yes. And then he always argued that he wrote uh, Left Messiah. Messiah, which I can actually hear some Dave Mustaine riffing in that, but who knows? Sure. <laughs> but I think it goes back to why did Metallica get more popular and not Megadeth? They had more refined songwriting as they progressed. That's yes, I would agree. Yeah. Um, also, too, James did develop to be quite a competent singer. Yeah. Um, not the world's best, but oh, God, I like no. James. But I, yeah, yeah. yeah. James, James is 
great. I, I yeah. just I enjoy his performance. Um, I just love Metallica so much. Even their bad albums, I think they're just the best. Um, yeah, we've talked about that way yeah. too often on this show, Imran and I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, draw it all the way back. Yep. Joey Belladonna is my favourite of the big four now. That's cool. Officially that is awesome. I think that's a really good uh, a good takeaway because yep. I like John Bush even more. Oh! Uh, I think that's our job now. We've got to listen okay. to John Bush. Yeah. Um, Anthrax. What, what, what would you recommend, John Bush? Oh, definitely Sound of White Noise. Sound of White Noise, okay. yeah. Yeah, first track is yeah. perfect. Uh, and, yeah, just uh, open-minded, enjoy. It's their best album, in my opinion. Okay. And even with those notes, Imran, Slayer was the one that won it. Good on Slayer. They're that yeah. damn good, <laughs> according what, to us on the stand Slayer! What, what, what I would love to know, because we're all in the room together, it doesn't happen very often, we're going to go around, I'll go first. If we can all do another standoff, what two albums... Would you, Imran, and you, Jason, like us to discuss? I'll go first. I'm going to be a little self-indulgent here. I would love to do a gent prog (laughs) head-to-head. I would love to do uh, Tesseract Altered State. Tesseract. I've heard some of this stuff. Versus Periphery... Periphery two this time it's personal and we'd just get rid of like the two minute interludes just to cut it down to make it fair as like a ten on ten. <laughs> I think okay, if you want. that would be super fun because I don't think you guys listen to heaps of that kind of stuff. Ironically Not enough, particularly no. Ironically enough, on my list in the folder, the the illustrious great metal standoff folder li- folder listeners is uh, Periphery two versus the stage Avenged Sevenfold. Oh, okay, that's kind of close. Oh, okay. close. The, uh, just in my that's... head, it was like Gent versus Gent. Gent, no, and, and just to see Not a bad idea. what bands can do with that sound. Yeah, um, not a because bad idea. I, I think we always. Know I never it. really delved much into Gent, but I'd be interested to like I because I've heard Gent and it's like it's it's just very groovy. Oh yeah, so. um, it became like a unhealthy addiction for me and my housemate. Like, the last <laughs> ten years, we've listened to, like every Gent band, and they do all sound the same after a while. But I've, pi- I've picked two of the best, two of the best albums, uh, okay. and and there's no way you guys wouldn't enjoy it. But I'd love to know like your takeaways, who would win, all that kind of stuff. All right, well, you know what. I'd be interested to hear some of your like prog stuff from like the seventies, like with the bands that did all do all the big ten minute songs. Oh yeah, um, oh I got plenty yeah. of that. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, what what am I thinking? What is the one um, that we came up with? Wish you were here and uh, versus in the court of the crimson in the court of the crimson yes, king. Uh, this is what we talk about when we're not on air, listeners. Yeah, this in, is, uh, in, in the, this is all the things this is we just can now talk. officially on air. In, yeah. in, in, in the court of the crimson king is one of the best albums ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, talking about good recordings. That album still sounds great all these years later. That came out in yeah. 1969. I know. Yeah. yeah, I was just about wow. to say that. I oh, know, that's, that's just mind-blowing. Um, yeah. And yeah, I was in a bit of a uh, Pink Floyd mood early in the year for some reason. Um, so that'd Pink be, Floyd that'd are be great. fun. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Definitely. They're hella overrated, but they're great. Oh, they're pretty great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like them. Wish you were here so much better than Dark Side, but that's a conversation for another day. Yeah, I'd be uh, really excited to uh, dive back into that because I haven't heard that album in ages. Hell yeah. Um, that'd be fun. This is what we've had on our minds. I'm glad we got to share it. Now it's up to you if you want to hear it. And uh, we'll go ahead and do it. But until then, Slayer wins. Ben, thanks a lot. Thank you. That's all for now. Stay up to date by following us at facebook.com forward slash metal standoff pod and check out our other battles on your preferred podcast platform. Plus, be sure to tune into Sin's main metal show, Mosh Pit, Thursday nights, 8 p.m. on 90.7 FM. DAB plus digital radio or online at syn.org.au. Until next time, metal up your ass.